Well, all right then. All right, all right. Well, good evening. Good evening to everyone. Uh, this is Pastor Lester Hayes and Pastor Sharon Hayes here down here in Tallahassee. Wet Tallahassee. It's rain, but we thank God for the rain. Just want to honor all of you tonight. Amen. Thank God for you. Exalt you tonight. Thank you for thanking it out, Robert, to come back on a Tuesday evening and join uh, the teaching tonight. This is Tuesday night. Uh, Bible study, just continuation from Monday night Bible study with Pastor uh, Thomas Rich and Pastor Joe Rich, amen. And so we appreciate the teaching last night. Uh, I had to get off, so I didn't hang, I got off right at the end of it, but I had to get off. But are we back tonight, amen, to uh, continue to teach tonight, amen, dealing with what is going on right now in our, in our, in our world, amen. And there is a lot going on. And we want to be able to address some of those things tonight. So again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Amen. Thinking it not, Robbie, to uh, come back and get on, see what the Lord is, is saying to us tonight. I appreciate you all um, coming on tonight and joining us. It's truly a blessing to be able to, uh, to minister to you tonight. Amen. And we give God all the praise. We give him all the glory. We give him all the honor. We do not take this task for granted, but uh, we just want to be able to share what the Lord has put on our heart to kind of help him prepare us for what's going on. I think tonight's going to be a blessing to you. It might be a little different twist, uh, but it's going to be very relevant, and I think it'll be very helpful uh, as we prepare for the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We want to always be relevant and uh, in tune with what the Spirit of the Christ is saying to us. So let's pray, get into this. Welcome all of you. If you haven't put your phone on mute, I would indulge you and ask you to please put your phone on mute. I do not want you to miss any clarification tonight of what I'm about to tell you. I want to make sure that this word sticks to you, and I don't want anyone distracted because someone has got their phone off mute uh, trying to record or whatever you're trying to do, cook, whatever. Please put your phone on mute. I'm asking you that up front because this is a very important message that you're going to receive tonight. And I want to make sure it hits home and it's clear to you. Uh, if I don't accomplish anything else, I want to do that. So please put your phone on mute. Uh, when we get ready for comments, you can take it off of mute. Amen. So let's pray and get into this tonight. Fathers, we come tonight. We want to thank you. We praise you, Lord God. We give you glory. We give you honor because you're so awesome. You're so amazing. You're so incredible that you would allow us to have a virtual platform that we can still have Bible studies, still have church, still gather, still fellowship, Lord God, uh, with the saints, oh Lord God. And, and, and we know when two or three of us have gathered here that you are there in the midst. So we welcome you right now. Father, we're just praying, amen, for all those that are not on the line that have been called away to other things, such as Pastor Rich. Just ask you to be with him, be with him and his family, Lord God. We ask you to touch his vocals, touch his throat right now as he prepares to take tests and possible surgery in the future. We just ask you now, God, to just release uh, a healing touch, Lord God, that will make uh, all of his vocals, Lord God, function normally, oh God. He, he has a voice that is used to spread the gospel. So we're praying for victory in that situation, and we're praying that be thy will, he not require surgery because you can touch it and make it normal, make it like it never was before, even better than before. So we give you praise, glory and honor for that by the stripes of Jesus. We declare it done. We even pray, Lord God, as we hear the sister come on tonight, uh, some things going on with her daughter. We lift that situation up before you too in the name of Jesus. 
And we thank and we praise you for touching uh, that situation, Lord God. And we give you all the praise and glory for your divine intervention into that situation. We thank you for it now, Lord. We thank you for the daughter's full restoration and recovery. We declare victory by the blood of Jesus in that situation right now. We bind any work of the enemy, Lord God, to try to steal any glory and recognition for, <coughs> for causing it. And so we just thank and praise you right now, Lord God, for with your stripes we declare it done, victory in Jesus' name. And so we thank you for all of our guests that joined us tonight, brothers and sisters that came on, Lord God. We advance you to continue to touch uh, Deacon Piper's body, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, so that he can still walk and share and do things and be mobile, Lord God. And we know you're a miracle-working God, so we're asking you now with your stripes to release a healing balm of Gilead. Let it saturate, permeate, go all the way through his body and cause every organ there, every ligament, skeletal system, Lord God, cardiovascular, respiratory, every part of his body, every external, internal organ, joints, ligaments, muscles, God, we just ask you to touch it right now in the name of Jesus. Restore it, Lord God. Cause it to function in perfection with you, Kennedy. And we give you all the praise and glory and honor for it. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, let's get into this word tonight. Uh, this is about week 15 of this particular teaching. And last week, we were so delighted to talk to you about how God hates a lying spirit. And we came out of the book of Proverbs chapter 6. Amen. And tonight we're going to venture into another area. Uh, we know that we continue to believe that America, along with the rest of the world, is under indictment and God has an alt against them. Amen. Please put your phone on mute. We're teaching right now. Please put your phone on mute. You're a latecomer, so please put your phone on mute. We already started. Thank you. Uh, and so we want tonight to be able to continue to keep that thought in the back of our minds about the indictment and the alt that God has against us. And if you need reference on that, you can go look over in the book of Revelation, the first two chapters. He talks about the church of Smyrna and the church, church of Philadelphia. And he says, I have no alt against you because they were doing some things that please God. But for those other five churches in Asia Minor, uh, John documents, John the Revelator documents what God inspired him to write. And it talked about the different levels of art that he had against those churches. Amen. And we see today uh, a lot of pattern and similarity in a lot of the churches today. But we don't want to talk about the churches today. We want to get into some other business tonight. And it may touch and spill over into church, into the church world. Amen. Please put your phone on mute. Until last week, we talked about God hates liars. Again, that was in the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, the King James Bible. Please, I, I beg you to put your phone on mute, please. It's so simple. Just put it on mute. You'll have a chance at the end. Please do that. Uh, the subject I want to talk about tonight is the peace of God is on, you know, the peace of God on uh, this troublesome nation and world, but there are some first things first. In other words, the peace of God will be on this troublesome nation, but it's not going to come right away. We want to talk about that. You know, he talked about the new restoration. He talked about he was going to restore, and that peace will be on this nation. It will. The peace of God will show up on this nation, but it's a troublesome nation right now. It's a troublesome world right now, and there are some first things first that we got to address. And uh, I saw them in the scriptures. I was preparing for this lesson and looking at all that was going on in the world. And I was, I've been constantly praying for peace as I know you have. 
Uh, I've been crying out to the Prince of Peace that was given to us and asking him for his divine intervention. But I was enlightened uh, from what I heard in the spirit. And we're going to talk about that tonight. But I want to assure you up front that the peace of God is going to show up on this troublesome nation and world. It's not going to stay the way it is. It will for a while because there are some things that were said by Jesus uh, his own words that have to be fulfilled first. And I think we missed it. We skipped over it uh, for the majority of our saved lives, but we're going to go back and revisit it tonight. And we'll be able to put things in proper perspective and understand things from the scriptural point of view that I think will bring a little bit of peace of mind to us as we see what's taking place. And so I want to just say that tonight. That's the subject I'm going to deal with tonight. The peace of God will be on this troublesome earth, this troublesome nation and world but there are some first things first that we got to address for our own good. Tonight, we will speak from the subject matter, as I said, peace, peace on the uh, way because it's on the way because the Prince of Peace uh, is going to do it. You know, he said it. I don't know why you won't put your phone on mute. I've asked you. I pleaded with you. Please put your phone on mute. I keep hearing all that noise you're making. It's very sensitive. I'm recording this. So please do that for me. Yes, people of God, rest assured that eventually peace will come to our troubled nation and the rest of the world. We got God's promise on that, so we can rest assured of that. Uh, you know, hopefully that will help you to be able to settle down and have some peace of mind about things. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, just we just we just gonna accept God's word and and go with that. Amen. He. Uh, you know, we got his prophetic word on this, and so it's got to happen. Amen. As troublesome as things may seem, it's got to happen. And uh, when we started this teaching, you know, we started out talking about the traditional theism uh, that holds that uh, God is the creator of heaven and earth and that all that occurs in the universe takes place under his divine providence, and that is under God's sovereign guidance and control according to uh, what the believers, the true believers understand, uh, they know, we know, or we accept that God governs his creation as a loving father who is working all things for our good. And now we got to, we got to hold on to that. You know, we know the devil means things for bad. I think I heard someone that earlier talking about that, uh, the mother talking about her daughter and said the devil is a lie. But we know that God works all things for our good, even that that the devil means for our bad. Uh, that's in the book of Romans. We just have to keep our minds stayed on him. Amen. And uh, out of our new restoration of God's new restoration, you know, will come a brand new culture. We know that we've learned that we believe that uh, a word generation, people that will stand on God's word. Uh, and this is what the Lord has said to us, that every generation he's going to have a uh, a remnant that's going to stand on his word. And he said, for they shall be the children of this age, many of them that will be more wiser than the, the, the current children of light, because there come a great falling away. Even now, a lot of the trouble in the earth is causing people to second guess. They want to know where is God. They forget about God. They get so busy, caught up in protesting or taking on other issues, political issues, politicizing everything. 
and all those causes are great. They're serving causes that are socially uh, part of the civil, uh, you know, the uh, unrest and civil dynamics of your social duty. And all those things are important, amen, because people want to take charge and want to be involved. They want to do something. We're just by nature creatures who just feel like we got to go out and do something. And when you don't know what to do, you look around and you see what other people are doing. And sometimes there's good, worthy causes that you can join. But uh, amen. And, and at the end of the day, when we do all of that, you know, we still got to be able to understand what is God's perspective on this? What is God saying about this? What does he, he, how do he see all of this that we're doing out there? And so we want to get into a little bit of that tonight. And I think it'll settle us down and, uh, and help us. Amen. Uh, and he said that, you know, in the Lord commanded the unjust steward because he had done wisely. So those are wise gestures and wise things that we do to support a lot of the effort that's going on out there. Uh, registering people to vote and doing things, carrying signs about the disgust about uh, police brutality and cruelty and all the injustices and, and, and disparity and in the, in the equal pay for equal work. All those things are very important political issues and it's wise to be able to be wise to those things, even the laws of the land, uh, you know, uh, enforcing and calling for reform in all those areas. Those things are, are, are good. All the work that is being done, you know, to help feed, feed the, the hungry out there, people that have lost their jobs, you know, doing many, many things to try to help, on, help as much as we can. Those are wise actions that we take. For the children of this world, as we know, is wiser than the generation that's gonna, that came up out of the light. Uh, came up in the church, you know, and so we're seeing that. And this is called a fig tree generation. Got green leaves, but ain't bearing any type of fruit or spiritual fruit. And and that's the indictment on the church, amen. And what we want to preference the message with tonight is this, this statement because we have a various narratives that are being played out right now. We have narratives coming from the GOP and we have narratives coming from the Democrat side. And this right now seems to be where everybody is focused. A lot of people getting away from what God's perspective said. There's a big shift right now. We're shifting away from the prophetic word. We're shifting away from what the Bible teaches. And we're getting more caught up in these narratives that are coming from the GOP and coming from the uh, from the Democrats because we got the first time in history of a black female that's on the ballot on the ticket and we got blacks up and down the ticket so there's a seems to be a, a change is taking place in the political arena and so everybody right now is just full man to to to, to exercise uh the right to, to get people to vote man you know that's our right we're pushing that narrative so there's so many different narratives right now that people are supporting and getting behind and we don't want to get so busy that we lose sight of what jesus said you know jesus came in his own words and he made some powerful statements and I want to bring your attention to some of them tonight because American history as well as world history has always proved this to be true. Prove what to be true, Pastor. So many will argue that total peace on earth is impossible to achieve, you know, because we see the legacy of America, the history of all the wars we've been involved in, and we won some of those wars. But here we are today, 2020, August, you know, uh, I mean, September the 1st, you know, 
and we still don't have total peace. So all those things that, that happen in history, that win wars and, and, and the fight for peace and to sit down at the table and negotiate with all these allies and even our enemies to try to bring peace, you know, and nuclear proliferation and signing treaties and all that. None of that have brought total peace on earth because we still have rumors of wars and wars. We still have families that are torn apart. We still have a lot of unrest, political, you know, and social unrest out there that is fighting us and, and we just it's just difficult to maintain peace unless you have your own personal internal peace that God gives you because you seek peace and pursue it for yourself to keep your mind stayed on the Lord, which is tough right now. And he says you will be kept in perfect peace. So that's fine. But on the larger scale, we have not been able to achieve it yet. And many have just said it's impossible. But maybe at the end of the night, you might change your mind. Yes. By human effort, this is true in many, in my opinion, maybe the opinion of a lot of others. Yet, I uh, or we, I'll say we see in every political cycle some genius trying to lion and uh, coming up with this idea that they can bring us to a place and an order of peace on earth in their own might, skills, and ability. We see that right now. Four years ago, we was promised all of that. Uh, making America great again, all that. We're going we gonna, to we gonna bring everybody together. We're going to, you know, all these promises. And here we are four years later, and we got more division. We got more unrest, social stuff going on out there right now. No peace in sight. Uh, I promise you peace. That's what, the, that's what we always say. At last, just vote for me. That's the message right there. Uh, uh, is, vote, is the vote helpful or is the vote, uh, has it been hurtful so far? You have to decide. I'm going to tell you what I think has been very hurt, hurtful. And some people wishing they could take it back. They're, they're regretting it now. And you want to sell us the same old lie again. That's what I'm hearing right now, which is troubling in my spirit. Yes, and there are many standing in line again to give one more uh, opportunity. And they are ready to buy into the same old failed lie and deception and believe this liar who they know is a liar that God hates, as we learned last week, uh, my response is, wow, what a testament to a Bible teaching and a Bible preaching and a Bible believing nation. What a testament, you know, that, that we support this, you know, and it's not a good testament. It's not a good testimony, you know that we still support this. We are Bible teaching, Bible believing, Bible preaching, you know, godly nation, so we say, and we support this kind of uh, strategy, which we're going to take a, a look at. We are living in an age when our corrupt world leaders believe that they can develop some wonderful man-made formulas to bring real peace on earth and calm every storm, whether it be natural or man-made. You got fires, you got hurricanes, you got tornadoes, you know, been going on for centuries and we ain't been able to figure that out and solve it yet. <clears throat> Global warming. You got all this stuff, you know, the planet is, is, is being, is dissolving. We don't want to listen to the scientists. You know, we just got problems that we want to just ignore and think that we as, as, as geniuses can come up with a plan to be able to bring peace in the midst of all of this, uh, whether it's natural or man-made. In all wars, we started this will uh, that this will bring peace, uh, and 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 they claim, uh, you know, this will, will happen. You know that if we end the wars, it'll bring peace. 
uh, elect leaders who can bring world leaders to the negotiating table and let's talk about peace and ending all wars. Uh, let's develop some new uh, treaty where you can lay down your weapons and we can lay and lay down our weapons and stop developing nuclear capabilities and and then this will bring peace among our nations. Haven't happened yet. And we've had these treaties before. They've been violated. We've been placed more strict sanctions on them. No peace that has happened, though. But what if one of us, uh, them ignore the, the what they signed as a treaty because they got an old score to settle with us, which we see right now is happening. There's some nations out there that's doing anything they can to sabotage us, to get back at us, uh, even though they'll come and, 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 and flatter our current leader, man and get him all worked up and flattered. He loved that. And before you know it, they're trying to backdoor us, amen, like they did in 2016. All this is disturbing the peace, amen, effort. All the nation's gods is not our nation's uh, gods, vice versa. Uh, they're trying to infiltrate, bring all that stuff, all the most spirits into our, you know, our nation uh, through our government, trying to infiltrate uh, not even honesty between nations and world powers and their leaders at the same negotiating table can bring real peace to our land or world. Not until God says so. That's what they got to understand. Even though military strength and superpowers prove to be a significant asset and benefit to the process, but only in the mind of great historical war generals and tech tacticians and strategic thinkers can 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 that that's as close as they can get not going to guarantee real peace because we've had this before we've had the greatest armies the greatest air power the greatest sea power we've had all those things submarine power you want to name it technical power you know we we've been the front runners putting people on the moon none of that though has brought peace in 2020 september the 1st but this doesn't guarantee real, lasting, long-term peace on the planet. History keeps teaching us this. We're going to believe it after a while. Not even our politics can bring it about. For all who crave it and desire it and want it and are willing to fight and shed blood on the battlefields of the world for it, only to come away lacking in our costly efforts to achieve real peace on earth for all of its citizens and residents alike around the world. Everybody's sitting on edge right now. Don't know when the next war going to happen. Don't know when the next crisis is going to come. Don't know when the next natural disaster it could be a tsunami somewhere in the east. It could be anything. It could be anything. A war breakout right now. Tribal wars. We just don't know. But in the meantime, imagine we imagining uh, we live in a world that is leading the way in technology, commercial uh, enterprise, global economics, military domination. And we are the world leaders in developing local and global fear, pride, enthusiastic backings for our allies and enemies alike and ambition for people who stroke our great ego and fuel our wasted effort to try to legislate world peace by our reputation when we haven't achieved peace for our own nation and its citizens and residents ever. You know, we get close, but we've never done it. Amen. Uh, what has happened uh, is, uh, you know, we have um, uh, adopted a separate party strategy of nationalism against socialism with tribalism as our most uh, effective weapon for both sides of the aisles. And so what you have, kind of what I'm looking at tonight, and this just came to my attention, I've been aware of these different strategies, but I didn't think that they was, 
they were this prominent in the process trying to bring about world peace. And that's nationalism versus socialism. You know, I'm just now really beginning to see a clear picture of how the how the Republicans are fighting for their strategy of everything is nationalism. And they're accusing the Democrats of their strategy being socialism, which they say leads to Marxism, which is a communist term. And what the tool is they're using is tribalism. And we're going to look at those words. And I hope you understand, but we're going to, we're going to get big picture stuff tonight so we can understand what's really going on. How will this bring peace on earth? It will not. But eventually the Prince of Peace will. But there's first things first that we got to take into consideration. The indictment and the alt against the nations of the world is still in place because we have provoked God to jealousy. And we're going to take a look at tonight when Jesus came to this earth in his own words, what he really said about peace on earth is going to be significant tonight as we go forward. Jesus Christ came in his own words. You know, he bought a strategy when he came. He bought a plan when he came. He had, but it had nothing to do with nationalism, socialism, or tribalism. But it had everything to do with world peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, at a particular time in our future. And he said this in the book of uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. He says, I know my thoughts towards you. In other words, I know my own words. You know, when you leave them out of the equation, you will never be able to achieve total real peace on earth. And he said, my thoughts are good. They're not evil. So all these evil things associated with nationalism, that strategy, all these things associated with socialism, that strategy or tribalism, those strategies that we can see do not obtain or do not win. I don't care how much bloodshed. I don't care how much corruption, how many lies, how many promises of it. And people eat it up. It has not yet yielded us world peace or peace on earth or goodwill toward men. Even though we pray for it in our churches, even though we call for it on our political platforms as we're running and we're saying people to people what we promised them hasn't happened yet. Because we're trying to use strategies that don't line up with the word of God, don't come in agreement with the thoughts of God. And we're going to have to acknowledge that, you know. Until our thoughts agree with his will for us, it's not going to happen. It can be costly, but it won't happen. We can ignore it, but it won't happen. We can be egotistical. It's not going to happen. You know, we can put confidence and trust in man and elect all the presidents we want. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen by world leaders. It's not going to happen by man. It's going to happen by the Prince of Peace at his appointed time. But in the meantime, we're going to have to acknowledge what he came in his own words to tell us. Before there will be peace on earth, you know, and so he 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 says, "I know my thoughts towards you. Trust me, they're they're good. They're not evil, but they're thoughts of peace to bring you to an expected end that you might have a hope and a future." So there's a promise of peace right there and a hope and a future, but it's through him at his appointed time. And so let's take a look here. You know, uh, he said he said those were not in or not his methods: nationalism, socialism. Uh, tribalism and not become political strategies and platforms that all these parties are running on and uh, and they're pushing these agendas. But Jesus said that's not his method to achieve his end state or his end results to bring peace on earth and goodwill to all of humanity because he's already started that when he died, you know, when he died. But before he died, he came to this earth as a human being, as a son of man to teach us some things 
through, uh, through, a, through the life of a human being tested in all points, but he did not sin. That's a wonderful example. And so he came in his own words and he promised us some things. And we're going to take a look at them because that's what's happening. Uh, let's define nationalism. Nationalism, which is a platform and a strategy that right now one of the political parties are using to get their message out. Uh, it, it's a noun. Uh, it's identification with one's own nation and support for its interests, especially to the exclusion or detriment of the interests of other nations or other parties or other individuals. Okay, so they're against what the other party is, is, is about. Social, uh, they also advocate or they support uh, and they require their supporters for the political independence of a particular nation of people. You know, we're, we're right now trying to figure out what does Russia have on our leader right now? You know, we're trying to figure it out. Okay, uh, seems to be advocating for them when you should be advocating for your own country. Uh, socialism, which is what the other party is being accused of, uh, it's a noun too. It's a political and economic theory of social organizations which advocate that it means that as a means of production, distribution, and exchange that should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. Uh, it's a Marxist theory, you know, which is all Soviet or, 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 or Russian. A, tra a transitional social state between uh, the overthrow of capitalism and the realization of communism. So if you get rid of capitalism, they're saying you're going to replace it with communism through socialism. Uh, that's what they're being accused of. This is a socialism uh, political philosophy that is being spewed out there right now against one candidate against the other one. And if you've been watching and listening to some of the interviews, they're both coming out now and they're exercising these strategies against each other. Uh, socialism is a political, social, and economical philosophy encompassing a range of economic and social systems characterized by social ownership of the means of production and workers, self-management of enterprises. It includes the political theories and movements associated with such systems. Uh, all this equality, equal pay, all these things, gun legislation, uh, immigrant reform, uh, you know, welfare, social security, uh, tax breaks for the poor, you know, all the uh, higher pay wage, the minimum wage raises, uh, all the medical uh, uh, systems right now that are being being taxed to the limit right now, Medicare, Medicaid, all these different things right now, you know, are all part of these systems that they're associating with socialism. And they're saying if, if, if we have a socialist president in, these next, in this next election, it'll bankrupt America. We're just about there right now with all this frivolous spending, $6 trillion deficit right now. So with that socialism being exercised by nationalism, that party that's in charge, you know, you, you got four years of this stuff right now that we ain't got no better and we've seen things go skyrocket. So you're in charge. So you, you're, you own the economy right now. You own everything right now. You know, so which one is it? Is it nationalism, socialism? Are we confused? Are we confusing the people with all these strategies? But we got to know what's going on. And then there's tribalism. That's the tool. That's the weapon. You know, we're trying to get all these different segments of tribes over here. You got the extremists over here. You got these guys and girls showing up in these uniforms, going to these places where there is 
peaceful protests and they just show up and they say they're there to, to help the, the law enforcement. And, you know, it's just crazy. All this tribalism right now and all these different tribes of people are coming out and showing up in different uniforms and driving different types of vehicles. And in the process, these things don't work because people are dying. We just had another person shot. They're trying to figure out who shot them. We just had two other people killed by someone walking with a long rifle. That's tribalism. See, that's, 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 that's what that is. That's a, that's a, that's a, a certain strategy that's being used that falls under the nationalism. They say they're doing it to protect our country from all these crazy rioters and people out there breaking in stuff and destroying stuff and setting federal buildings on fire and tearing down Confederate statues. So people are getting blamed uh, behind these strategies and people are dying behind these strategies and none of them have proven to bring peace. History has said none of this stuff works to bring peace on earth. There's only one prince of peace and we got to turn to him. But there are things that are going to happen that he said in his own words and we're going to look at them in a minute. So we see tribalism as a state or fact of being organized in a tribe or tribes. It's derogatory in nature. Uh, the behavior and attitudes that stem from strong loyalty to one's own tribe or social group, KKK, for instance, you know, uh, you know, white supremacy. You know, we're seeing that out there right now. Militia right now formed by by a nationalist thinking person. You got the Nationalist Party out there right now. You got all these underground organizations that all of a sudden are coming out in the open, showing themselves right now. You know, just in Mississippi this past weekend, you had a, a protest there and all the KKK people showed up with their mask on being very defiant because they know that they have a nationalist strategy being pushed from the from the uh, campaign uh, platforms right now. So they're using that, man, to go out and show their face right now. Tribalism, uh, you know, well, let's talk about the derogatory part of it, the behavior and attitude that stem from a strong loyalty to one's own tribe or one's social group. Uh, that's what's happening right now. Very derogatory. You're not thinking about the world or people in the world or how they're affected. Poor people, you know, underserved, undisadvantaged people that are just out there for a good cause and a good protest. No weapon. They're not they're not armed. And you got to come out armed. That tell you something is wrong with that right there. Very derogatory. Tribalism is a state of being organized by or advocating for tribes or tribal lifestyles. Human evolution has primarily occurred in small groups. Uh, as opposed to mass societies, but they've grown and humans naturally maintain a social network. Some kind of way they're communicating this strategy about nationalism. Tribalism is the state of being organized by or advocating for tribes and tribal lifestyles that are stated human evolution and primarily occurred in small groups initially uh, and opposed to, to mass societies and human uh, naturally maintain a social network and popular cultures like we have today. Tribalism may also refer to a way of thinking or behaving in which people are loyal to their social group above all else. They don't care. They don't care. They are loyal to that to that group. You know, as derogatory as they are, they are loyal to that group. It, as much as they discriminate against people for no reason, animosity-based groups, they are, they're going to be loyal to that group. It implies the possession of a strong cultural and ethnic identity that separates one member of groups uh, from members of another group. Based on their strong relations or proximity or kinship, members of a tribe tend to possess a strong feeling of identity, you know, 
They're objectively for a customary tribal society to form. There needs to be ongoing customary organization, inquiries, and exchange. However, intense feelings of common identity can lead people to feel tribally connected, as we're seeing right now. They think that the president is their tribal leader. And they think everything that he says is coming from a nationalism stand up or strategy or point of view, which is saying this is how we want our nation, our nation to go, regardless of everybody else who they accuse of being socialist. You know, they want I mean, we know what kind of country they want. We know what kind of America they want right now. We know what kind of world they want. They want to extinct and get a, get rid of everyone else because they're saying we're going in the tank and we go with the socialist strategy right now. Why not just go with God's strategy right now? You know, and so we understand and see the problem with nationalism right now. You know, nationalism is an idea in a movement that promotes the interests of a particular nation as a group of people, especially with the aim of gaining and maintaining the nation's sovereignty or self-governance over its homeland. It also encourages pride and national achievement and is closely linked to patriotism. So they say, what can help us to understand the better, uh, better what is really going on in our nation and world is real simple and clear and easy to understand if we view or approach the times we are living in and the struggles we are wrestling with through Jesus's own words versus our own words or our own understanding. We have to remember that Jesus came in his own time, in his own way, and in his own words. This Bible says this, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the scriptures come to declare and testify of him, not man, not nationalism, not socialism, not tribalism or any kind of otherism. OK, of him in the beginning. We're looking in the book of John right now, the first chapter. It says the gospel of John, uh, you know, chapter one, verse one, it says this. It started verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So you can point your finger at whoever you want to. You can blame whoever you want to, you know, call them whatever kind of ism and schism you want to. But Jesus said, look, everything was made by him and for him. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. We're going to show you how we don't comprehend what he said when he came. He was the incarnated word made flesh, came and dwelt among us. He's among us now, Emmanuel, with us through the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Ghost. But we don't comprehend him coming in his own words. We don't comprehend what he came to do. We don't comprehend his word. Therefore, we can't understand world issues and what's going on in the world. We have to lean to our own view or some strategy from that party or some strategy from that party where one is pushing nationalism, one is pushing socialism, and all of them are trying to use tribalism to get the job done. And they're leaving out, man, what Jesus said in his own words. So therefore, we are we're not following the light that's shining in this dark moment we're in and the darkness cannot comprehend it. We're walking in darkness when we should be walking in light. And I'm talking about the nation and the world right now where God has all against both of them. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
the voice crying in the wilderness. We know about John, that prophetic voice. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe, not through any strategy or, or any party or any lead or head of that party or world leader that might believe in him, that they might believe through him. He was not that light. John was not that light, but sent to bear witness of that light. You know, Jesus Christ, light of the world. That was the true light which shineth uh, or lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Every man that cometh into the world need this light in order not to walk in darkness. He came unto his own first and his own received him not. There can be a problem right there. You know, that's why the church right now is not living up to her, uh, her uh, calling of God as a whole. You know, we are the ones. So go the church. So go the world. You know, but we have somewhere we have missed it and, 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 and fallen off the track. You know, we need to get back on the track. You know, he says, you know, but as many as receive him to them, gave he the power to become the sons of God. We need a manifestation of the sons of God in the earth right now. You know, to deal with this nationalism, to deal with this socialism, to deal with this tribalism. We don't need a weapon. We don't need to go out and go, you know, weapon for weapon, sword for sword, you know, but we need another strategy here. That one that has not been implemented and tried yet and history is letting us know all these other things we use are failing us. They're man-made. They're conjured up in the genius of man's mind. Yeah, they can think of things and come up with things, but until they come up, man, with Jesus' own words, it's not going to work. He is the Prince of Peace. You can have no peace without him until you pursue him and seek him. We have no peace until we do what Isaiah the prophet said in the book of Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. He said, he's mine who stayed on the Lord would be kept in perfect peace. And that's the peace that transcends all understanding. It garrisons and mounts guard over our hearts and our minds. And it keeps our minds stayed on things that are good and honest and true and pure and lovely. And if there be any virtue, if there be any strength, we got to think on these things. You know what he said, his own words, you know. You know, and sometimes his own words can be horrifying to a person that's trying to push their agenda. You know, they can dismiss it. They can reject it. They can say, well, that don't apply to me. I'm going to do my own thing because I got money. I got power. I got people following me. You know, I got tribal groups out here, man, that are, that are you know, adhering to my rhetoric. They're listening to my lies. They're buying in. You know, they're looking for my type of leadership, you know, siding people against each other. Jesus never did that. But he says, but as many as receive him to them, gave you the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh. Here it is. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. But we did not go after his truth, all of his truth that will make us free. And he says in the book of John, chapter eight, verse 32 through 34, he said, I want you to know the truth and the truth make you free. And if the sun sets you free, then you're free indeed. Not winning a war, not sitting down at a negotiation table. You're not going to have no, no peace. We haven't had it yet. We're still at war at odds with each other today. We're still divided against each other today as a nation. And God has got an indictment on us because we put everything before him. We put party before him, people before him, liars before him. It's sort of like when they, when they, when Jesus marched into the city and they sang Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. And then before you know it, when they saw a chance to get a, a liar, a murderer, and a robber free, 
They went around in the crowd, man, and told them, put fear on them and to use fear as a tactic like what they're using right now and told them to cry out, crucify him, crucify him. The same people. So it's the same people right now that say we're a Christian nation that's hating people, that's killing people and saying that this is law and order. It's crazy, but it's so similar. History has not taught us anything as a nation and as a world, so we're relearning these lessons all over again, even to a point where the scriptures say it's going to be just like the days of Noah when people are going to be doing the same things they were doing then, and, you know, Jesus is going to come and catch us unprepared and not ready, not living our life in light of eternity, you know, you know. And so he goes on to say here, man, it says, you know, full of grace and truth. John bear witness of him and cried, saying, this was he of whom we spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me and he is the fullness. Uh, he says, and of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace for the law was given by Moses. It, but the law was done away with and replaced by Jesus when it's coming. Uh, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ because the law could not be kept. It could not be fulfilled. Same thing people are doing today. They changed the law to fit their ego. You know, that's why they're trying to destroy the system right now. That's why they got this guy in there right now who's doing the leader's bidding. He ain't trying to make sure the law is enforced equally across the board. He's putting people saying they're above the law. They can do whatever they want to do. You know, go figure. That's that tribalism. That's that nationalism. Just take over everything. Put the people in there you want, you know, and then you can be able to do that. But I thank God that that's still not going to bring peace because it's not the Prince of Peace that's in the position. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, hath he declared him. And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? You know, as much as they want to say that God put this man there, God using this man, using a liar. Barabbas was a liar and a murderer, you know. And God didn't use him. They didn't use him, even though they asked for him to be free. Well, a lot of people asking for this man to get four more years of lies you know, don't want to take no ownership, don't want to own up to what's taking place right now, want to push this nationalism strategy, you know, want to point fingers at the, at the, across the aisle at the socialism agenda, and both of them using tribalism to try to get this job done. It's not going to happen. We got to have Jesus in the, in the equation. He said, who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou the, that a prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. <laughs> I'm telling you, God's getting ready to reveal himself to a lot of them. He's getting ready to give him an answer right now. In a minute, he's going to give us an answer that's probably going to shock us. He says, what sayest thou of thyself? Good God Almighty. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As said the prophet Esaias, our job is, you know, as people that are of the word in this age and time is to make way for the Lord. He is the Prince of Peace. That's in the book of John chapter one, verse one through 23. Therefore, listen to this in the book of Isaiah chapter four, verse 14, the King James Bible, what the prophet prophesied, which they just got through talking about. 
Remember what the prophet said, John is trying to tell them, we didn't forgot all about, man, what was foretold in this hour we're living in. We put so much emphasis on nationalism, socialism, and tribalism. We done totally for capitalism is another one. You know, I can go down the line. We put so much confidence and so much trust and bank into these situations, these systems, they're failing us. These four dynasties that we have placed uh, our greatness on, our reputation on, being our economy, being our religious system, being our education system, and being our government system are turned upside down right now. And it's causing people a lot of hurt and pain. It's not working for the people when it should be of the people, by the people, and for the people. Something is wrong. It's not generating peace on earth and goodwill to men. Something is wrong. We're going to find out in a minute what it is. But listen to this word that Isaiah prophesied. He said, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and, a, and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. He's with us right now. You know, he's a spirit, though. And you got to worship him in spirit and in truth. And then we got to serve him, honor him, and know him by the spirit. You know, he's with us right now. Now, this was prophesied 2,750 years before Jesus came to this earth. He was letting us know he was going to come. But check out how he was going to come. He was going to come with his own words. He was not going to need to borrow your political speech. He was not going to have need to have a speechwriter, five or six speechwriter writing speeches for you to say stuff to the nation to promote a strategy that don't have nothing to do with God. Every now and then you mention God in it. That's what's going on right now. It's deceiving the people. It's lying to the people. And they are buying in, buying in, hook, sinker, and they are, you know, they're all in. It's like we all in one and we know who that one is. He's a monarch. He's a narcissist, a, a, a narcissist. He's a pathological, evil, wicked liar, you know, and people are buying in, you know, goes on to say in the book of Isaiah chapter nine, verse six and seven, the King James Bible for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. This was 2,750 years ago. It ain't on his shoulders right now, but it's going to be. And he says, and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father. Listen to this. Prince of Peace. Notice the order and where this falls at. It's at the end right there. So that's going to be how things are going to end. You know, initially he's going to be a wonderful counselor. You know, people know that about him. He's been that up until this point. He's been the mighty God. When you've got something going on, people are turning to him, man, and he do mighty and great things for you. He's the everlasting father, meaning he has not changed, so we say. But He's the Prince of Peace, and we have not achieved that peace yet that the Prince of Peace promised us that would surpass all understanding and garrison in my God over our hearts and our minds. So that is that is yet to happen. We've had all the other things that he said he came to be. We got government, you know. He says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So he says, of the increase of it. So that means it's yet building, it's yet to happen, it's yet going going forward you know he who has begun a good work in us will continue to perform that work until the day he comes back to get us up out of here that's in the book of philippians chapter 1 verse 6 he's begun that work it's increasing it's going to continue even though we're seeing all this other stuff going on it's never going to bring peace like the prince of peace it's never going to there is a peace you know within peace you know and so he goes on to tell us right there you know even that prophecy man it's still yet got to be fulfilled. Let's go and re-examine his own words concerning his coming. 
<clears throat> now, this is when Jesus came. Let's examine his words, not man's word. This is what messed people up. He says in the book of Mark, in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 34 and 42, the King James Bible. And I might not get through all of these, but I'm going to get through this one right here. So you will understand what Jesus came in his own words to do as the Prince of Peace, which is yet being increased. Yes, it's yet coming. It ain't happened yet because we don't have that peace yet. We've been we've been a nation now for 240 some years and we still haven't haven't achieved peace. We fought wars and won them. You know, we've had 45 presidents. Nobody yet has brought us to a place of peace, you know, permanent peace, real peace. So let's see what Jesus said. And maybe it may be a, a answer, an explanation in here for us. Uh, you know, he says here, think not. And this is in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 34, 42, the King James Bible. He said, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. Man, that rocked my world today when I read this. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foe shall be, uh, be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. And he that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. And he that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. And he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward and whosoever shall give a drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple verily I say unto you he shall in no wise lose his reward now that's what he came to the earth to do you won't have no peace you won't have the prince of peace to be the prince of peace until after he does what he came to do he did not he said I did not come here to send peace on earth first because what he's saying to us is this, you know, is that there are people that are putting things and people, families before him. And he already told us in the commandments, you will have no other God before me, no worship, no other God, no idols. Sometimes family members can be idols. I love it when Jesus was on the cross and they said, Jesus, your mother, your he says, who is my who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my family? He was talking about all the other people. He was not looking at those blood relatives, those biological relatives. He was not going to put them above who he was on that cross to die for. And he was not going to let anybody else shelve that rhetoric on him because he came in his own words. And you go read your Bible in the gospel and you will see it. It's, it's him talking. It's him teaching his disciples. And we missed it. We don't teach this. This is what he came in his own words to do. And that's what's taking place out there right now. He's trying to separate people, you know, from loving other people, other things, family members more than they love him. This is the problem right now. We put everything before God to include people, our favorite people before God, our favorite man, our favorite woman, our favorite pastor, our favorite prophet. We put all them before him. And he said to find me that way, you, you, you might lose your life. But if you lose it, you find it because it's in him. He's the one that came to be the life of everyone, the light of every man. 
And so understand what he, why he came. He says, but what about what the prophet Isaiah prophesied about the Prince of Peace? Timing is everything. We're living in a time right now where the word of God that Jesus came with is, is unfolding and taking place. You see this dividing right now. You see this separation right now. You see the word being fulfilled. You see people turning against each other. You see families falling out with each other. You see right now the president and his family is against each other. His, his sister, the judge, spoke against him. His niece spoke against him. You see all of this, all this is taking place right now in the highest offices, in the highest places of leadership. It's all up and down the ballot right now. You see Kellyanne Conway and her husband against each other. Her daughter's against her. You see all of this right now being fulfilled. This is what Jesus said I came to do. So his word is being fulfilled, y'all. So rest at ease. You know, he didn't come. This is what he came to do. He letting people know you can't have peace without me. You can't put nobody. You can marry the perfect husband, the perfect wife. You can have the perfect family in man's view. But you'll never have peace loving them more than you love me. I will separate you first if you put anybody before me. I don't care how you feel about them. Son, daughter, husband, wife, brother, sister, president, preacher, pastor, pastor, bishop. It doesn't matter. You don't put anybody before me. This is his own words he came in. The Prince of Peace. But Isaiah prophesied it's about timing. So there's coming a future time when you read Isaiah, the prophecy in the book of Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Look at what he said. The last thing you're going to see, man, in those list of things he said that was going to be in Jesus, wonderful counsel, mighty God, everlasting by the Prince of Peace was at the end. So in the end, we're going to have peace on this earth because of the Prince of Peace. Right now, he's separating people from putting anything before him, and that's what's happening right now. We're putting our confidence in a man instead of putting it in him. And we've had 45 of them happen. That's a cycle that we've gone through trying to obtain peace through a man, through a leader. Saul failed. Saul couldn't do it. He was the first leader because it was the people's choice and not God's choice. We have an electoral system and it's corrupt. That's why it's never been able to obtain any peace. Momentary, temporary peace is not peace. It's not, it's not able to be sustained. We got to go back to war and fight again. We got to go back to the negotiating table and have more treaties signed. We got to place more sanctions on countries who are not living up to what they said they were going to do. None of those systems will ever obtain peace because Jesus said, no, I didn't come to bring peace on the earth right now. You're working against me. That's why there's no peace right now. But there will be peace in the end. But you got to turn to me for it. You got to look to me for it. That's what the prophet said. Jesus Christ knew his true message would not be popular initially, first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles, and even some of them rejected it. He was emphasizing that following him would mean a lot. There would be lots of trials and tribulations and crosses to bear. And he says, hey, and none of his friends will, like, uh, will be liked because of him, but they could look forward to being severely hated, even jailed, murdered, and killed in most instances. And we're seeing that. He already forewarned us. He even went as far as to shed light on the truth and the fact that a man's foes would be of his own household. In the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 36, the King James Bible, look what it said. 
A man's foe shall be of his own household. Jesus Christ did not believe according to his own words that everyone would be willing to put him above everything, everyone above all else to serve, to follow, and to willingly die for him. He said, he that loveth father, mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And, and he says, and he that loses his life shall, shall find his life for my sake. He shall find it. That's in the book of Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, 39, King James Bible. We just read Jesus Christ knew in his own words that to follow him <coughs> would require a narrow way and a straight gate. Many will come there too, but not only, but only a few will be chosen to go in. He said it would be difficult for many. You know, how difficult, you know, it'd be more difficult for a rich man to get into the kingdom of God than for a camel to go through the Alvinito right here in this chapter. Especially when we have to deal with a willful liar and sinners who are willing or unwilling to change, especially when we are even uh, he even um, he or even she uh, would allow him or possessed with a conscience seared to do evil. He or she, it doesn't matter, to do evil no matter what they, what they have to do to win at all costs a stupid election. Will we get four more years of the same stuff? No matter how many lives it costs or have to die because of his refusal or her refusal, but Jesus Christ knew in his own words, this kind of sinner will never even entertain the thought of repentance or desiring to turn to him or others to return to God's way of life. Not going to happen because Jesus is doing something else in his own words right now. I struggle with this initiative. I've been praying for this man, praying for all that are in the power of authority, all that persecute us. But look at what he said. This kind of sinner is different. We got to understand that. Therefore, all things whatsoever. And I'm, I'm getting ready to close. I know we're a little bit over, but I got to.